0: today with uh, Rich Lowry uh, Rich how are you doing doing all right how are you I'm doing good so uh, rich rich can you tell yourself so- can you uh, describe yourself just say what you do for for the listeners
1: so I'm a associate professor of finance at the University of Texas Austin so I teach I do research mostly in kind of applied game theory uh, about financial institutions and I teach various business classes to undergrads and MBAs that's pretty much who I am
0: Yeah, and we're you know we're we're having you on today to talk not about your uh, work necessarily, but basically your experience with trying to create something new at the University of Texas. I mean, in for these podcasts, we're interested in you know we're interested in people's academic works, we're interested in research, but we're also interested in sort of the entire concept of trying to build new institutions, uh, different uh, sort of. avenues for for prestige, particularly in academia uh, and other elite institutions. So you were also involved with the Liberty Institute, is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean, roughly, we sort of, a few of us decided that the current way things are functioning at universities is, I don't know exactly how strong to say it, completely absurd is the nicest way I could put it, Uh, and that there needed to be serious changes to how things are being done and students needed to go back to actually learning information and reasoning methods and things like that, rather than what they're getting now in most of their core classes, which is just, here's what you need to do to be an effective advocate for particular uh, extreme political positions, which is, you know, at some point you start running into these finance undergraduates and the smart ones roll their eyes and tell you the stories about all the ridiculous classes they have to take. To fulfill core requirements and the less smart ones come in with these really toxic ideas about capitalism and society all of that you're like well you know here's why banking creates value and they're like no you're all evil and so it sort of becomes this Yeah, you got one group of people who are completely brainwashed and this other group of people who are have had their time wasted and so we felt it might have been time to it might be time to do something about that so we tried
0: Yeah. So you're, we're, uh, you know, this conversation is based off your recent article uh, for the James G. Martin Center that we'll link to, called "How UT Austin Administrators uh, Destroyed an Intellectual Diversity Initiative." Um, before we get to that, so you you are uh, you're in the business school, correct? Yeah. And and finance, you don't you wouldn't think of it as inherently a very political field, is, is this? Uh, but you say you're saying it, it it has become political, or has it always been? How you know how is that, and how has it changed over time?
1: I mean I think it's changed radically just in the past few years. I mean you've been able to see it coming but you know a lot of pe- a lot of sort of older finance professors view all of this as not their problem. Like the university has gone crazy but we have our little little uh corner where we still just talk about how to create value in firms. But if you look at the you know everyone's talking about ESG and every uh, environmental social and governance stuff. Everyone's talking about how you should be using your firms to uh, advance social goals rather than um, profit, which is basically we should give up creating value for people and splitting consumer surplus and producer surplus. And instead we should take control of firms and turn them into social engineering things. We have like a sustainability major that's explicit, like the description of the major is explicitly like, here's how you can go enter a firm And manipulate it into becoming a advocate for leftist revolution. And I mean, this is a business school in the state of Texas, so the whole university is you know people in business schools kind of recognize that the university has gone nuts, but it's going getting more and more. And you know, our 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 current dean just completely wants to throw away the whole idea of teaching people how to operate in a firm and doing good things, and wants to you know change the world and bring in diversity, equity, and inclusion, all that. So yeah, it's getting pretty awful even in business
0: uh the um uh esg isn't it i mean isn't um it, the, don't they don't firms have a legal obligation to maximize shareholder value how did how did ESG get in there am i wrong about that i mean
1: nobody you know, this is one thing you learn in finances all these rules that people say that public firms have to abide by are kind of they're very squishy And nobody really knows what they mean. And it all comes down to whatever, you know, whoever gets on the SEC's radar and they decide they're doing something wrong. So nobody in the federal government is going to crack down on somebody for destroying shareholder value in order to promote, you know, the interests of marginalized groups. Even if technically, if you read the rules, probably you shouldn't do that. But no one thinks that the Feds are going to crack down on them for wasting shareholder money on that sort of thing. So it's effectively not uh, not illegal. It ought to be. You ought to face shareholder lawsuits. But all this has to get you for to be really effective. You would need the SEC backing it up, and they're just going to say, "Oh no, as long as you're you know setting aside certain things to promote this political agenda, we're never going to touch you." If anything, if you actually pursue shareholder value without you know, paying at least lip service to this type of activism, that's when you're going to get the attention of the regulators. And that's when they're going to start causing trouble. Like Elon Musk suddenly start, people start poking around in his affairs. As soon as he says he doesn't want to do that sort of thing. So despite making electric cars, cool. So yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, This is Even something I yeah, Anyone with, Sorry, the, uh, no, anyone with any knowledge of sort of administrative law knows that this is not unique. To business that there's an infinite number of laws and they're often have vague standards on top of vague standards and you know they can't go after every possible violation. So you're, you know, technically there's I guess a legal case against ESG, but yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't it doesn't matter that much. Um so do you guys um uh so uh so you guys um tried to do something new at University of Texas. How did this how did this come about?
1: Uh so we had a small policy center that still exists it's not that small anymore the, the it's now called the Salem Center for Policy uh and this was a thing that was some money that was floating around that nobody wanted because icky people had donated it because nobody wants to be associated with money that was actually earned through the creation of you know decent consumer products or anything uh and so one of my friends, Carlos, I, I think you know Carlos, um Carvalho.
0: Yeah. Uh hey, you're are we're, we're all affiliated with the Salem Center. Yeah. You're in the Salem Center. Yeah. I'm part of the Salem Center. Carlos is our boss. So yeah, go ahead. Um, so
1: uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Carlos has ever tried to make me do anything, you might have a an interesting description of boss there. Uh, but he, yeah, he, he runs the center and basically we had this center. We were trying to do things. We we're doing programming, but we couldn't really get what, what really needed to be done. We needed the ability to offer students a different perspective in their classes than they're getting currently from sort of core classes in the university. And we, we started this freshman seminar to fulfill one of the requirements and We try to give, you know, so 50 students a year get to see something that isn't nuts about economics and statistics, which has actual information and all of that, but 50 students isn't going to make that much of a difference. And then we looked at all the other people offering these freshman seminars, and those syllabuses are just nuts, and we saw saw more and more of this. So we came up with the idea, and we got some encouragement from some supporters. I may have suggested that we start using the University of Texas's recommended land acknowledgement in some of our meetings with supporters. So we're we're supposed to all get up in front of every public event and talk about how we're actually on Turtle Island and acknowledge that we really are. You know, the Comanches should really be in charge or something like that. And so this sort of thing gradually, some of our supporters recognize that there probably needed to be more done. And so we were you know chomping at the bit to do this. And so we. Came up with this proposal where we would create sort of an independent unit, like a college of you know reasonable dissenting thought. Uh, and this this kind of snowballed quickly. It, it was there were some some supporters were excited about it. The some people in the Texas government thought that Texas might be willing to just fund this directly. So it got in the budget. We got money for it. There was a whole agreement between the university and the Texas. Government about what this was going to be. We were going to be able to offer, you know, higher faculty who wouldn't be able. You know, right now, if you have sensible thoughts, there are very few departments in at the University of Texas where you can be hired. Like, if you have sensible thoughts about society, you might be able to get hired in petroleum engineering as long as you keep them to yourself. Yeah, but if so,
0: for people. People listening to this, they might not, I mean, they might not have been in college for a while. I mean, they might not, they might think you sound crazy and that, you know, none of, you know, it can't possibly be that bad. But me and you, you know, you're a university now, I've, you know, been in universities recently. It's bad. It's, uh, you know, there's, you know, the, I think what they could show to people to say is the diversity statements. You basically, when you're hired now, and maybe promotion or other things too, you have to, you know, express support for affirmative action, identity politics, it's not, it's not subtle. It's not like, you know, your yeah, yeah. research yeah. is like, has this bias, this little bias or that little bias. It's like there's loyalty oaths to the, to yeah, the regime. We are
1: allegiance to diversity, equity and inclusion and the particular definition of diversity. I mean, that's bad enough. We shouldn't have, I mean, I'm actually okay with like, Hey, if you're coming to work for a state university, you shouldn't be advocating for overthrowing that government and replacing it with a totalitarian dictatorship. If someone proposed that loyalty oath, I would at least consider that, but you shouldn't have a loyalty oath to specific policies. And you certainly shouldn't have a loyalty oath to specific stupid policies. And what we have now is loyalty oaths to you know, the idea that we should have proportionate representation by identity groups at, with at least as much uh, representation from marginalized groups as they are in the general population, rather than plus all those marginalized people who are hired for diversity must adhere must have a critical consciousness so they must all be you know so if you if you manage to hire thomas soul he doesn't count Wilfred riley doesn't count so we you have, and not only is that the policy of the university we all have to say we like that policy or we can't get promoted like i'm never going to be a full professor i can say that right now because i will never be able to score on that um and then inclusion we have, to, we have to be inclusive, which their definition means we can't ever say anything that makes marginalized groups with critical consciousness unhappy. So uh, you know, in order to be employed at the University of Texas, you have to kind of commit to never stating a fact, no matter how true it is, that makes a marginalized person feel, a, a member of a marginalized group. This could be a multimillionaire who happens to belong to one of these marginalized groups. If you make him unhappy, and not only do you have to commit to not making these people unhappy you have to commit to supporting a policy of inclusion i.e don't make these people unhappy throughout so yeah it's that yeah. crazy
0: yeah and, and um, equity equity is, is do, do they do right, they right. uh do they give you trouble for if you have a race blind if you have a sort of woke capitalism are, are they okay with that or or even is even the sort of the capitalist idea sort of hard to maintain on the university so i'm
1: I'm a little so. It's okay for some people to get super rich as long as it's as long as the number of people who are super rich is in proportion to yeah uh, their share of the population. So it's okay. This is a great trick on the equity. It's like okay, it's okay for like a handful of white people to be really rich as long as we make sure that people from other groups are also really rich. But we need to make sure they didn't make their money through sort of ugly capitalism, it's okay to make your money by writing
0: books about how horrible society no, that, is. Yeah, that's just sort of the ideology. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering about sort of the the, the, lit- the litmus test. Are, are there, um, you know, it, they it, there was a, um, you know, some uh, sub stack I saw the other day about what's happened to the American Political Science Review, um, which was the top journal of political science. They basically, a few years ago, they had a, uh, they had a uh, editorial board that was all women, you know, purposely. Um, and then they, you know, each of them studies some kind of identity politics thing. And they were basically explicit about affirmative action. Is is are the finance journals or the business journals or I mean are they that bad yet or or is it um, still, are you still behind so
1: econ has gotten so econ is probably worse than most people think political science is but political science is so horrible people can't even probably conceive of that yeah uh, but you know, I uh, the most recent AEA papers and proceedings that's the most important conference in economics it was overwhelmingly woke stuff it was overwhelming identity discrimination you always have to find and, and in economics you know, even in economics you have to find the right answer or you're going to have a lot of trouble publishing so i know people who found some very counter woke empirical evidence and then they just sort of like oh well that's never getting published so it, it, you, i think it's safe to say that economics is worse than you would think the norm is and the but it's still better than most finance is still a little because most of you know asset pricing things like that are it's somewhat hard to politicize but you really if you write an ESG paper you really need to say that ESG is really good and we should all do this you can't be sort of objective about it. A handful of people still are, but they're already full professors at Chicago. So yeah, it, it, who's
0: that? Who's that? Um, who's that professor who wrote? Uh, the, I think you're referring to a blog post about the recent economics papers. Uh, who, uh, who
1: uh, did, Cochran John Cochran talked about that. yeah. A bit, yeah. Right. So that's yeah. So that's that's a good post to go through. Um, yeah,
0: economics is really there. I mean, you hear this complaints that you know economics is hostile towards women, women, this, women, that. That sort of seems to be the uh, that sort of seems to be the opening to change. You know, everything. Yeah, and it's,
1: know, they, 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 they're pushing that, and it's and they're making it so that um y- y- this kind of inclusion idea is coming har- hard into economics. Like you, you, you should not be criticizing the work of these people because they are somehow marginalized from economics now there's no evidence whatsoever that there's been a systematic exclusion of women from economics is, you know for a long time people didn't want to do that i mean only weird people want to do economics so that's true suddenly judging that um that 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 should be in any reasonable proportion to any group is thought but yeah you know and very very few people very few of the sort of older men who are in a position of authority and economics are willing to stand up in any way to any of these accusations. They just melt immediately, and then hire. I, I mean, Chicago has been, I think, illegally hiring entirely based on sex for a number of years, or they did for a while. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah
0: Chicago's bad. sad. Yeah, I mean, this stuff is happening quickly. I mean, if you were if you got out of academia two or five years ago, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a different world. So yeah, I mean, I'm I, you know I'm convinced. You're convinced. I don't think there's any dispute about how bad it is for anybody who is, you know, willing to sort of look at these things objectively, unless you're a social justice warrior and you think, you know, all this stuff is great yep. anyway. Um, I think if you're skeptical of this stuff, you, you you have to understand academia is, is pretty, is pretty bad. So anyway, so you guys tried to do something. So we about wanted it. to
1: carve out one place where, you know, a few university of Texas students could get a sensible education with like objective facts, objective methodology and not have to go through, all of this and maybe get, you know, we had this idea of offering a degree of like sensible history. It's, it's nothing you can say sensible
0: and objective. Uh, like how do you, I mean, you, you, you know, when you describe sort of what you wanted to do compared to what, what the university is normally doing. I mean, it, 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 I think you need to be, I think they would say they're sensible and objective. So what's, what's the, what's the sort well, of,
1: Well, I don't know. Cause I think like objective analysis is white, supremacist right so yeah I think, fairly, right. I think
0: you're right they wouldn't say objective they would say sensible given the yeah, certain social realities or something right yeah. so, w-
1: we, you know let's just say we, we would like to s- not start with the conclusion uh, we don't want to start with any set of conclusions much less ones that are so clearly at odds with reality so right. you know we want to go back to how you know gather evidence, test hypotheses, that sort of thing. And I think it's 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 useful to be
0: explicit about what what uh, what their conclusion is starting with. It's that capitalism is is bad. Um, It's bad for the planet, bad for humans. Uh, Every group should have equal representation in a just society. Uh, Well, I think
1: any just society, the historically marginalized groups will have at least proportionate representation. So if we suddenly woke up, like it's perfectly fine that the entire board of the APSA is is women, women, that's not a problem. That's not that that disproportion is not a problem because they are historically marginalized, which is not a term that's particularly well defined. You basically just pick people that you like and say they should have more stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, and then and then you have, I guess, you have blank slateism, the idea that differences between classes, differences between uh genders, that's all, you know, something that society decided we should have rather than you know something that reflects something inherent in people. Um yeah. and so, you know, I think it's good, I think it's good to sort of flesh out exactly and I mean I all-
1: think one the, the core thing that I think underlies most of this is that whatever you say needs to be judged not by whether it is true or false, but by whether it promotes the interest of these particular groups. So I think that is the fundamental ideology underlying higher education right now, is that whatever you say, whatever you publish, must be promoting the interest of these groups, and whether it's true or not is irrelevant. And we kind of would like to go away from that um, but but
0: it's not, but it's not, you can't just promote them in it. So if you think capitalism is the best source of social mobility, um, you think anti-discrimination laws do more harm than good. Like you could say that I'm saying this for the sake of the marginalized group, but that wouldn't be acceptable. Be, there's some conclusions oh, no, that you yeah. just can't. Yeah, you can't say so, it.
1: I mean, it, you know, it, it. What I said is, it, I think describes it here, But but that also within that specific conclusions of what it is that promotes those things are argued yeah, built. yeah. so, I,
0: so you're, you're at you are
1: you're not you are not allowed to find out that capitalism promotes the interest of marginalized groups yeah that's right you 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 must everything you say must promote the interest of marginalized groups and it must do so through this particular lens of kind of racialized neo-marxism
0: right so that, so, you, so yeah so you guys did, you guys wanted to do something different so I, anyway i keep interrupting but go ahead to tell the tell the story yeah
1: so we wanted to do something different so we proposed this and the idea would be here you know we're going to hire a bunch of faculty who don't assume their conclusions and aren't ex-ante committed to any particular set of policies uh and who would be unlikely to get hired in the current environment uh, regardless of quality just because you can't hire people who don't agree with this nonsense anymore uh, it seemed pretty reasonable. This is just a matter of, like, let's go back to how people used to think about problems before everyone went crazy. Um, and this was a fairly appealing to a broad swath of non-academics. um, And this was approved. And then you know we we were excited we were going to start building. we were going to hire people we were going to offer classes. It was going to be an absurd amount of work i mean we both-
0: who who approved it I'm sorry I'm very interested in the mechanics here because people who wanna you know maybe do something so similar or know how this stuff works we get we got things we we got a line in a
1: the main budget for Texas, so we got two years worth of funding with the assumption that we so it's three million a year the regents so some state legislator wrote it
0: into a bill the governor signed it like you know like you learn yep. in civics class okay
1: yep. right. um yeah with with i'm sure plenty of sausage making that i didn't that we were kind of away from the board of regents agreed to match this out of their you know they get a giant it's board of regents gets a giant pile of money then uh, in the budget and then the university then the legislature will provide funding for other specific things. So we got funding directly from the legislature, plus the regents agreed to throw in more money. And then, of course, you know, if, if this had gotten going, there were lots of donors who were ready to give us even more money because that's one of the problems. Like, If you want sensible things to happen on campus, you kind of have to pay the university in order to l- be allowed to fund something sensible. So if you want non-crazy speakers on campus. You have to, if you're a rich guy, and you think the University of Texas should have sensible people speak occasionally, you have to fund that and pay a tax to the university. Whereas if you want some crazy person coming in, that will oh, spend money. Yeah. Um, so we, we, you know, we got this, the regents gave the money. And so now this money flows to the president's office and he's supposed to go and get this set up. And there was this whole idea that the, the sense, you have to do it, you know, you have to do a national search for who's going to run this, but Carlos was a good candidate, and you know the, the ideas were proposed to him. Like you know, it, you know, he, he was going, you know, coming up with the, the faculty you would want to work with, and we were talking about who we'd want to bring in, all of that, and then we got ignored for six months, and so I, approximately six months, so no communication from the president's office. We we're just waiting around. And, then and you guys were the somebody, like you guys
0: were you and Carlos were were the driving forces behind getting getting all this.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean Carlos was the one everyone. Yeah, he was the one out talking to people, and it was kind of us. You know, we had we had all curriculum planned out. We had lists of names, um, and then somebody planted an article in the Texas Tribune, which is this like left wing Texas pseudo news organization that basically just it's it's really an advocacy. and they've got close ties to people in the university administration. I don't know who planted it, but they came out with this big expose on the Liberty Institute and how all these evil West Texas millionaires were interfering in the sacred trust of the University of Texas and that suddenly politics was going to make its way in to the University of Texas as if we haven't converted ourselves entirely into a left-wing activist uh, machine for the past five years. Uh, And so then the president Now, it turns out the president had picked one of his deputies to be sorting out how this stuff was going to work. And he picked a critical race theorist. So one of the first things he did was make like hardcore critical race theorists who teaches like Marxist dance and doesn't (laughs) believe there should be a single conservative voice on campus. He made him vice president of academic priorities. Now, this is the guy who's now in charge of figuring out how to set up this new uh, dissenting Entity. So we've got a critical race theorist in charge. This article comes out. I don't know if that's a coincidence. Um
0: which came first, the article or the critical race theorist?
1: So it turned out the critical race theorist had been in charge for months that we didn't know about. Uh and then you know, article comes out, president's like, oh no, we can't do what we used to do. He calls in Carlos for this meeting, and then the critical race theorist is sitting there dictating exactly how the thing would be structured. And the idea is, okay, Carlos, we'll let you run this. Um, as long as you just give money to existing departments to hire people they would hire anyway. And you can ask them to hire people, but you can't do anything. So the whole idea of like an independent group, like you cannot hire a sensible person with the assent of the anthropology or sociology department. At the, so the idea is like, okay, you've gotten this money for this independent thing. Instead, we're just going to use it to fund the wish lists of existing departments. And you just go around and tell all the conservative donors and politicians that everything is fine and this is the right way to do it. Now, all of this is the plan of a critical race theorist who's been trusted to bring dissenting non leftist thought. So, you know, and at this point, you know, obviously we're not going to go along with that nonsense. We don't have, you know, we have better things to do with our time than provide cover for the president to let critical race theorists run the University of Texas. So Carlos tells the, uh, the supporters, is no, this isn't what we agreed to. We're not going to do this. And that's when. Uh, the donor, you know, with, with a single exception, the donors turned on us, the president starts doing his, like, you know, people don't really like the, the sole qualification for being a president of a university in a red state is that you're good at lying to Republicans. So he manages to get the donors convinced that we are the problem, you know, oh, we won't play along with, the critical race theorist plan. So we're putting the thing in danger. The thing is dead, but they turn on us. Um, the The state doesn't step, you know, we, we communicate clearly this is a default. But this, yeah, you know, every, uh, ever in the Texas state government, they already scored their points from having funding this thing and they don't care anymore, apparently. And well, that's what we thought at the time. <laughs> it turned out that wasn't entirely true. Um, so yeah, you know, But, you know, we get kicked off the project and they go out and they find there's, this is another thing, these things, it all sounds crazy because it kind of is. There's this stable of fake conservatives who <laughs> operate in universities and their job is they'll come in an initiative like this and they'll come in as the cleanup guy and they can go around and be like, oh yeah, I'm one of you, but this is exactly what we need to do. Obviously we can't interfere with faculty governance, even though that, you know, We were going to do everything according to the rules, but they could say, oh, no, that that was bad. Here, I can work with the sociology department. And, of course, they can work with the sociology department because they have a history of always giving in. So they bring in this guy who turns out to be friends with, you know, we have two or three professional fake conservatives already um, at UT. They, you know, they run this thing called the Jefferson Center. Willem Bowden runs this other thing. These guys just basically go out and pretend to donors that everything is fine, take money, pay themselves, pay their friends, and then do nothing and provide cover for the left to control the university. So they bring in one of their friends from Missouri who had the same deal. University of Missouri, there was a big mess. They didn't, you know, there were crazy faculty out yelling at students and uh, some conservatives gave money to try to provide a, a separate thing. And this guy comes in and he takes the money and he brings in a leftist, and they 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 agree on how to spend the money to make sure that the conservatives stop being angry at Mizzou. So that's the guy they bring in with a secret search, with his friend who's already here, and we get we're we're pushed out, and this this guy gets tenure at UT to run this thing, take the money, give it to existing departments, and make sure that everyone sort of stays happy. So so the, the Liberty
0: Institute is, is still under this guy's control, it's still at UT.
1: Well, they've just they, they've they've just announced that he was being and it's now being called the Civitas Institute because "liberty" is a loaded word, uh, and we don't want to use that. Um, okay, but yeah, so,
0: so I want to see, see what what exactly. Uh, let me. I want to Google a little bit. So do they have events? They they don't have their own professors. All they do is they have. Uh, so they, they, they just funnel money. They to do, They haven't done
1: anything. It. They wasted a year. Like we would have already had stuff. They wasted a year. He uh-huh. just got appointed. It took him a while. I don't know how they bribed polys or government into giving tenure to this guy, but um you know, he, yeah he just just a few weeks ago he got announced, but you know it was undergo. You know, we got kicked out because we wanted independent hiring. Obviously there's not going to be independent hiring or if they give him independent hiring, it'll be under the agreement not to bring anyone in who's actually interesting.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I haven't done enough research. I don't want to be unfair to this guy. You know, I'll take your word for it. So I don't, I don't know if he was, he, he was,
1: he was reporting on it, it, We were talking to him because he had this thing at Missouri. We thought it was interesting. We were collecting as much information. And then he was like reporting back to the UT administration, things we were saying uh, to try to get us kicked out of the project. So he was already spying for the UT administration before we came in, but you know, but you know, he wrote a book about how abortion is bad, and so he has credibility <laughs> with the sort of yeah. So uh, they have load. a press
0: release. They say Civita, Civitas Institute will focus on teaching, understanding, appreciation of American values, blah blah blah, constitutionalism, movement, government, free enterprise, and markets, individual liberty, putting together politics. That seems to be all they've done. Is the um,
1: uh, yeah? They have a, 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 a lot press statement.
0: release. But you know, uh, the, yeah, the last is...
1: time, fifteen years, fifteen years ago, just... Rob
0: Kuhn this Sorry. was just a year ago. This was a month ago. This was from June 13th. Yeah. It seems like they were. Yeah,
1: so they, yeah. they dragged their feet. The goal is to drag their feet and make it look like there's action so that they don't get found out before the next legislative session, which starts in January. So they, you know, the university has to make it look like they're doing something for a few more months so that they don't get in trouble. Because eventually the lieutenant governor got a little upset and said he was going to end tenure at UT.
0: Um, uh uh-huh. Which, so, Wouldn't so the, be a good so the, idea. The different models is yours and Carlos's model. Of liberty would be you would be your own. You would hire your own tenure track faculty. And yeah. this model is just they run Civitas, which they give money to say philosophy or sociology, and then do they do they consult with them? Do they hire who they? What do they? What do they do? They just give them money and what else? Like how, well, does, how do they, you ensure that it's going to? They be, don't. You
1: know, they haven't really written down any agreements or anything. But I my understanding is the idea you know. The, the promise that the president made in the faculty council is that n- the institute will not hire tenure- track faculty. the money will be given, and, and so that you know and the model that was proposed to us is you go and you offer money to existing departments to hire people, and they get to decide who they hire or not. And mm-hmm. you know, there's just no way a current department in the humanities or social sciences, except maybe econ at UT is going to hire anyone who's even remote.
0: But does, does it, would you, have, would you have had sort of, would you have been in a position to negotiate and get better people um, with these departments or would it have to have been like you, just give them the money and they do what they want?
1: I mean, the claim would have been that we would have negotiated, but the answer is they would have just taken the money and done whatever they wanted. They, you know, th- probably they would have found some very, one of these professional, you know, it would have been an opportunity for them to bring in one of these fake conservatives because they, they could bring in someone who they, would then provide cover, but they're all the, you know, but you know, when the chips are down, you, you know, these guys are going to like, we have people isn't the problem school. that
0: Yeah. Isn't the problem that you have to be sort of, a, you have to be a fake conservative to get along in any of these, like, you know, me, I couldn't survive in academia. Like, I don't know how you survive. You're, you're older. Maybe you came at a, came at a different time, but you know, it's like, Anyone they hire within academia who's going to be a hog is going to have to have, you know, sort of sold their soul on this stuff already, right?
1: Well, that was kind of. I mean, if you get like I'm forty-three, I think if you go much below forty, you're not going to get anyone. Like the the filter really started kicking in a a few years after I got through. But what you could do is collect a bunch of forty to sixty-year-olds sorry, 40 to 70-year-olds, probably people I shouldn't offend in the 60 to 70-year-old uh, group. Um, you could collect those people and they could start, you know, they could objectively look for objectively high-quality people who can't get jobs because they have sensible ideas, right? You know, it wouldn't be that if you got one department that could just go out and hire people, you, you, would, you would have the highest IQ department very quickly just because, there's such a strong filter. People still show up for grad school in a few years. Nobody's even going to go to grad school if they have sensible ideas. So, yeah, I need you know, but we, you need to start nurturing reasonable people again, and you need to collect enough sensible people in one place that they can create the environment where people can come in. Like, we have some very intelligent philosophers, um, who could do an excellent job of evaluating people in all sorts of fields of u- humanities. But, in fifteen years, they're going to be retired, so we we sort of have a, a window is closing if you want to create younger academics who who don't buy into this you know it's just an activist project idea
0: um, yeah, so, so I think the the window is closing. in you and- yeah. So the difference between you and, and I think Dryer, if Dryer, you know, Dryer was here right now, maybe I'll I'll reach out to him and see if he'll he'll talk to me. Um, if Justin Dreyer was here. Maybe he would say his disagreement with you guys, or maybe this is how you understand his agreement: is he thinks that the sort of the Existing departments are, are salvageable. There's hope for having, you know, intellectual diversity. It's just, you know, they just need a little push or a little encouragement. Um, and while you you think you think that it, 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 you just have to sort of start your own thing um, within the university, yeah, they, you need control over I hiring. think
1: that, that's what he would say. I don't think he would actually believe it. What he believes is, oh, I got tenure at UT Austin. Yeah. <laughs> it. Right, like, rich
0: let's just let's not let's not uh let's not jump to conclusions about mr. mr. dryer's motive yeah who knows there's no way no way of knowing that uh, so yeah I've, so
1: I've, I've, I've run out of patience with being polite to people unfortunately <laughs> you you ask how I survive in academia yeah. I survive in academia by giving up on even trying anymore
0: on that stuff <laughs> yeah you must be you must be so exhausted as as they say about the the women oh, oh yeah. Right, okay, yeah yeah so so, okay so so if
1: if you have any temptation to start feeling sorry for me the faculty salaries are still public information so i'm just trying to earn what uh what the state of texas pays me instead of just coasting on it
0: yeah that's that's very honorable yeah the business schools tend to tend to pay well in general is that right yeah yeah i mean i'll I'll never get a raise again but that's yeah <laughs> so you're so the uh uh okay, so you the so Salem was Salem how did Salem start?
1: Salem so it, there was a thing called CPG and I don't even remember what it stands for, and it was a it was supposed to be providing sort of counter programming, intellectual diversity, and it reported directly to the president and there was a guy, um Ryan Streeter, was running that and I'm not sure what they ever did. Uh, but it, they had money and then uh, Streeter left for AEI and they wanted to keep this going because they needed it to show to conservative donors that there was actual stuff. And so nobody in the university wanted to take it except Carlos volunteered to take it. And that's how, and so he got money and then he started raising money. And that's that's kind of how Salem came into existence before it was Salem. And then KK Salem Who's uh um gave a significant image for that yeah. that sort of got things rolling on the the branding and allowed us to expand significantly start bringing more people but we can't hire tenure track faculty right because um, we're just a center yeah so so you know it's it's it's
0: the interesting sort of setup of this so the governor appoints the board of regents the board of regents runs the university right that's how it works that's in principle.
1: So as far as I can tell, the board of regents picks a president and then rubber stamps, everything the president does.
0: I see. So, so the, I, the board of, so the president is basically like the dictator of the university. Yeah, the
1: president is dictator. Um, but the president gets, gets to pretend that he answers to the faculty. Cause there's all this like faculty governance stuff where people claim that the faculty but if you actually look at the rules everything the faculty does is advisory to the president so the president is yeah absolute an absolute dictator he can do whatever he wants but he has this excuse built in Is like oh no if i did that the faculty wouldn't wouldn't like it and they literally the president threatened the donor said oh no, if we go ahead with the plan as is the faculty will provide a will give me a vote of no confidence and i'll have to resign which is nonsense, because all the faculty council can do is advise the president. They can advise him to resign, and he can tell them to go off. Um, so, yeah, the, at least at the UT, it, it, at least within the University of Texas system, the president is effectively the dictator of the university. So everything he wants, he can yeah.
0: get. So, yeah, okay. So the the Board of Regents could dismiss him, I mean, in theory, right?
1: Uh, they have a term, so they cannot renew you after five years, and if they want if if it, these rules are a little vague, I think, but they they can get you out before your term is up through okay some method. but 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 other than that, like the one there was one regent in the history of the University of Texas system, as far as I can tell, who actually tried to do his job' it was Wallace Hall, and he found out there was a lot of admissions corruption, and he was impeached by the texas senate i think and indicted by the travis county da for doing open records requests to the university so they indicted him for finding out information about the uh, entity that he was supposed to be governing so that's the extent to which like
0: uh, well, what year off. was it what year was this around
1: that would have been i was right after i it was is it right before or sometime around 2008 to 2010 um so, and then you know he got pushed out, and that's when they brought in the guy who runs things now, which is Kevin L. Tyfe, and his whole job is to keep things quiet
0: but yeah, so I guess, so yeah, yeah. so I, so the yeah the question here is they these are you know this is a republican state with Republicans in all positions of power as far as you know statewide offices the you know the university system is not an independent branch of government. It completely depends on uh, a budget right. coming from the state legislature uh, signed by the governor. You had, so you had those people, you know, wanting to do something about the universities. You also had these, you know, millionaires who seems like, who uh, were willing to donate money. It seems like they themselves wanted, you know, some kind of more conservative thought on college campuses. Um, and I guess, I guess what this looks like is that like, you know, there's these, You know, there's a lot of sort of, um, it's like, it's very, I mean, it's very sort of hard, I guess, to explain to people the difference between what you and, you know, it's not hard if you want to sit down and listen, but just like for a casual observer, um, you know, you, what you and Carlos wanted to do versus what, you know, the University of Texas wants to do with their uh, money. Um, So, you know, is, is your experience just That it's basically that, that like you, when you talk to donors or you talk to, you know, legislatures or people close to them, um, it's just hard to get through to these people or, you know, what's, what's your sort of impression of, you know, where, where, where's the failure here?
1: Um, Well, I think a big part of the failure is that they don't actually care.
0: They're politicians.
1: Yeah. uh, And the, the board of regents, like, you know, they're very averse to anything making noise and causing problems. And so the regents are very focused on making sure everything stays quiet. So the only reason they would go after a president, and try to remove him, is, is if there's like chaos, because they're th- they want the nice, quiet thing going. And so they are, you know, very willing to lo- go along with the president when he says, "Oh no, if I do something like this, there's going to be problems. There's going to be noise." And then the politicians all have a lot of faith in the regents because they're their appointees now who ends up wanting to get on the board of regents it's apparently a bunch of people who are you know they're willing to give money to republican politicians or their former like uh, you know former republican politicians who were very much on the left even as they were republicans uh and so that that sort of layer is really uninterested in doing anything about improving the university but they do want to keep things quiet and the faculty know that the, they can their power comes from causing a stir and so it's really very much you what you end up with is you you end up hiring the president who you can trust to keep the faculty quiet by giving the faculty whatever they want so that's mm-hmm. why we have two critical race theorists on the five person tenure evaluation committee because that's what the faculty want and that keeps the faculty quiet and happy and then you have a guy who can go around and like show up at the country club and smile to the rich guys. So that's what they want for a president is someone who will do everything the woke faculty want while being like pleasant to the, um, the rich. Guys. So the, the previous president was really good at giving the woke faculty whatever they wanted, but he wasn't really good at being super nice to Republicans. And so they got rid of him and they brought in someone who will still do everything the woke faculty want. But is better at being nice to president. That's kind of what the regents want, and then the politicians mostly just want their donors happy. I guess I don't know. And but as far as I can tell, it's really nobody cares that every 18 year old who shows up at the University of Texas is being trained to be a social social justice radical.
0: And the um, uh, and, and what about the and so that's politicians. What about what about the donors themselves? Because it seems like they're they're voluntarily giving their own money. It seems like they have some interest in how it's being spent.
1: I I think, you know, I believe the salary of the president of the university of Texas is $1.2 million. It's somewhere around that. And every penny of that money is being paid to be good at lying to conservative donors or politicians. So they're just hearing and, you know, they're not willing to go and talk to people on the ground. Like, We're too far down the totem pole. They want to talk to the CEO and they think of a president as like the CEO. That's the only person they should be talking to. Now, they don't realize that that the whole role of that guy is to lie to them, but they won't talk to anyone except him. So whatever story he tells them, no matter how false, they never hear a different story. So isn't the just- yeah. So isn't
0: the answer isn't isn't conservative media the answer here? Because you can you can go you can go around them, right? You can you can have us you can make you, you you know conservatives have a megaphone. I presumably Republican politicians and conservative donors pay attention to you know Fox News, Washington Examiner, uh, Wall Street Journal, whatever. Isn't that the well, sort of a isn't, is that the way out of this?
1: You would think, but then when we expose the fact that. The president's office was paying, was was providing grants to the education school to create critical race theory training materials for four-year-olds. That got picked up by Fox News. I was on Fox and Friends first for like eight minutes. It's actually, well, passing a kidney stone at 3 a.m. It's another interesting story. Um, And, you know, we had an article, we had all that, and nobody cared. Like nobody react. No, no donor. Well, I mean, you know, there are a number of people who were involved in our institute who heard about this. Not one of you know. Okay, literally one person out of who involved in any way ever had a conversation with me. The rest of the you know, nobody wanted to engage with. Like, oh wait, Jay Hartzell is funding critical race theory for four year olds. Maybe we should go talk to the guy who found this out and spoke to Fox news. They would rather just continue to hear from.
0: Is, is it different Jay in other States? Because other States seem to be passing laws yeah. against critical race theory. They see it's, it's not, it's all, it's all just show. It's all just as fake because this seems like, uh, uh, it seems like some laws are. are getting passed.
1: So I, it, people are more engaged at K through 12 and some of the stuff at K through 12 actually matters. And Texas even has a K through 12 bill that doesn't seem to have much teeth, but there are very few, Nobody, I can't think of a single state where anyone's had the courage of putting it in a serious conservative to run the state university. Like everyone always picks, Mitch Daniels is about the closest you get, and he's leaving. He was at Purdue, and that's where they went. They went outside of the academic hierarchy because you, you know, if you want to find a president who looks qualified, you want someone who's been up. Someone who's been a dean and has been a provost and all of that, and the only way you get that there is with a really good diversity, equity, and inclusion statement. So if you continue to pick from that set, so even you know, if you look at what happened to the University of Central Florida, they fired, they tried to, they fired, and then had to unfire someone for you know clearly constitutionally protected. Speech and that's well, I mean, why well, can't lottery.
0: conservative governors, I mean, when Republican presidents appoint judges, they go to the, uh, they go to the Federalist, they go to Heritage, and they say, well, here's the, you know, these are the good people, and these are the bad people, and take the good people. Why can't the Heritage have a uh, list of college presidents that, you know, you're supposed to appoint if you're a Republican governor?
1: Uh if anyone would like that list, I am available. That. <laughs>
0: okay, so th- this is. It I sounds don't like know
1: why nobody is asking me that question except you. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we know there's a handful of people who know who should be running universities in conservative states, but nobody asks us, mm. uh, and that's I think it's the part. The we simple, do not have an equivalent of federalist society. We need the equivalent of a federalist society.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's these. You know, there's these. You know, there's these groups like Fire, and there's these groups that are sort of, you know, uh, try to play the middle and say, you know, uh, for free speech and this that. But I think, I think the, I think the thing is that. That stuff, you you have to be sort of ideologically opposed to this stuff because the, the what these people do, I think, when you uh, alluded to about the president being paid to be a good politician, is that basically if you give them any wiggle room, if you give them any control, they're going to figure out. I mean, they have the the numbers within the university system and they, yeah. they are familiar with the bureaucratic processes and they have the the time to work on this stuff. So it really has to be, you know, it really has to be like, Build a new thing has to be a point. Some kind of president who's just completely ideologically opposed to them. It can't be, you know, write them letters and hope they hope they uh, yeah. become a little it more makes, reasonable.
1: Yeah, it, it, without extreme change in leadership, or I and mean, even if you try to build new institutions, every like the instinct when people are building new institutions is, oh no, we want to be down the middle. We don't want to be ideological, and down the middle means, oh well, let's go find a former college president run this and then all of a sudden your new initiative that's supposed to bring diverse thought suddenly has someone who's completely drunk the kool-aid of dei in charge and you've already ruined your new institution before you even touch it you have to be more you have to think much more outside if you want to start something new you have to go find the people who would never ever ever have become a college president in the traditional system otherwise you're going to ruin it before it gets off the ground there needs to be yeah. a little bit more creativity and a little more understanding of like who it is you should trust you should trust the people who've been sort of pushed to the sides um you know there. You know, are i have a list i'm happy to share the list <laughs> if you want someone to run something i got a list
0: you want to make it just but, public? you want to make it public does it need to be a private list
1: uh probably i should well i, I haven't asked anyone on that okay let's well,
0: <laughs> not gonna have it over ourselves okay yeah There was. Uh, <laughs> there's a good book, um, the rise of and the and it's Conservative. not
1: me because I act like this, so you probably no, it's not you. me. But there's plenty of far more acceptable types of per- persons who who could run things.
0: Yeah, you read the book. Um, you read the book, The Rise of the Conservative Legal Movement, by Steve. Tellis. I
1: started. Uh, yeah,
0: part it's, of the way through.
1: Very,
0: yeah, uh, it's very the good.
1: The first couple chapters are very insightful, and you know, it, it and it really gets at the need to build something with a core of committed people. So if you look at when sensible ideas have survived, when they have overwhelming numbers against them, it's things like the Federalist Society, a tiny group of people, not that big of a budget, but really committed to their ideas, not trying to reach out and build the big tent. Well, we'll get like the 75% woke people on our side. And no, we want the 0% woke people and we want to focus a couple, you know, rational expectations and monetarism survived in economics and both had problems, but they were much more sensible than the, the dominant idea. They just picked federal, two federal reserve banks and they just took over and then they kept their ideas uh, functioning in those two places. So you, yeah, you, 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 but, but it was all committed people. As soon as you try to have this big tent where we're like, Oh no, we want to make sure at least half the people, are actually, you know, on the left, and that way we can show how reasonable and open we are. Well, then those half the people on the left will always support other people on the left, and will crush you because you're trying to be objective. And you have to build yeah.
0: institutions. So it, it, it sounds with, like to be to be a um, to beat the left at universities, you have to sort of become like them, right? It sort of seems like every ideological movement has to be. This way, it's not like you know. It's not like you go and you have a free marketplace of ideas, and then you know they say X and you say Y, and then people see oh Y is smarter than X, and you know you don't coordinate with yeah. anyone or have any strategy or or anything. It, it seems like it's a very that sort of the the marketplace of ideas sort of metaphor. It, it sort of seems like very naive, and it seems like it's never worked It doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. Um, the, market, the, people cover the marketplace academia, of ideas the marketplace
1: for ideas has to take place between different institutional infrastructures. You can't have, you know, so there's a broad set of ideas that could operate within one institution, but they don't include the dominant ideas. You, so you can't have a marketplace of ideas where you have woke people and non woke people under the same administrative oversight, because the woke people's philosophy is Get control of administration and silence everyone else. So you could have a whole bunch of different people with different perspectives who all embrace the idea of free debate operating in one institution, although that may, you know, people will embrace the idea in principle. And uh, so, but, you know, you have to create administrative structures that don't allow people who want to silence one group to do so because nobody gets silenced because their ideas are bad. They get silenced because they're not as able or willing to take over the administrative infrastructure to silence people. Like really stupid ideas win at universities because the really stupid ideas include, oh, we should take over all the committees and drive out everybody, right? So uh, that's, the the survival of ideas within bureaucracies depends on, it's almost almost evolutionary. Like the, the really, it ideas are the ideas that cause you to take over bureaucratic systems, not that are actually good for governing society. Nothing about being good for governing society makes you more likely to
0: get control. But, of but the then the, the, the marketplace. But is it the marketplace of ideas? Then is it? It's sort of impossible because if you're just sort of out there, you know. You know, you're saying within the let's say you built a free speech university um and you had the woke people and you had the non-woke. The woke people will will take over. There has to it has to oh, be a political program. It you, cannot be a purely intellectual. Yeah,
1: you, uh, you, you have to say I mean you have to be ideologically committed to the idea of pursuit of objective truth. I mean you you need a commitment to that and you need to say people who aren't pursuing objective truth don't belong in this institution. You can't say, oh yeah, of course we'll have place for We'll have a place for critical social justice in our free speech university. No, you've got. To, I mean, and this is not novel ideas. Like Karl Popper went through this pretty carefully. Like you can't just sort of willy nilly. Like I mean, this is what drives me nuts about like this, the sort of red scare stuff. Obviously, you shouldn't have been bringing communists into universities because the whole idea of communism in the United States, at least, was to take over institutions, destroy your enemies. And then use those institutions to promote communism. Obviously that, you know, fine. We want to not make that illegal. Sure. But that obviously is not the sort of thing you can have with any university where you're trying to debate ideas on the basis of reason and evidence. Like, no, we need, you know, if you want your little communist shop, you go over and you fund it yourself over here and we'll take the tax money and have like objective reason. Uh, but, but everyone, the Republicans are so, and conservatives are so scared of ever doing anything that looks like it might go against free speech and they don't bother understanding the subtleties of it, that they're they're you know, they're allergic to the idea of interfering in universities because they're like, oh no, we don't want to trample the... You know, they, they, they have almost no principles, but this is the one principle they have is that we'll never interfere with how the left does things at universities because that would be against our principles and th- they're not solving the fixed point problem. Sorry, now I'm getting...
0: No, that's, that's all, that's all great. So the, so, okay. So what are, you know, what can people, you know, what can, what can people do? We have a lot of listeners. Some of them are donors to causes. Uh, some of them are involved in, in politics. Um, some of them might be involved in Texas, you know, philanthropy or, or politics. Um, you know, is there, is there things that they can do for, do for you?
1: I mean, there needs to be a lot of pressure on, politicians in texas you know specifically and in these states to actually make radical changes to the universities and that means not going back to the well of fake conservatives that you think are going to do things there needs to be major reform at the state level like these are state entities we are paying we're writing large checks to people those checks need to come with an agreement to do things. There needs to be an absolute ban on all diversity, equity, and inclusion statements, all diversity, equity, and inclusion offices. All that needs to go. If you want to have people watching compliance, the DEI offices are the, the ones that are violating the law more than anyone else. You know, Put in a few lawyers and say enforce civil rights law, which is going to cause a huge problem for universities because they violate, You know, they're, they have all these programs designed that. Get rid of all DEI bureaucracy. That's a minimum. Get rid of university leadership that is sympathetic to DEI and CRT. Put serious and, people and, and, and in there's, charge. And
0: there's, no, there's nothing. There is no, I mean, the critical race theory stuff, I think people will say, First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. blah. There's nothing. You can write a law tomorrow that says no DEI statements or yeah. administrators in a university. A leg- a Republican yeah. legislator can do that. A Republican uh, legislator can uh, legislative body can pass that. A governor can sign it. There's there's nothing here that 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 yeah. is
1: impossible. And, and you can make, you know, you can say and we're going to establish uh units within the university that are going to allow you to fin- get through this university without having to repeat critical race theory nonsense, right? The other yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you want to, if you really want to, let these faculty continue to spout this nonsense, but they should not have the right to t- keep a student away from a degree because he doesn't say in their class what they want them to say. Our faculty will fail you if you don't regurgitate the critical race theory nonsense to them. And they have at least two critical race theory requirements at UT through these flags that we have. And that's true in a lot of places. Anyone that has anywhere that has a diversity or social justice requirement, that's saying that in order to get this certification from the state, you must adhere, at least state your adherence to a particular political ideology. That should be wiped out. That's not a violation of the First Amendment to say you're not allowed to force the students to hold a certain political view. So those are like low hanging fruit, no brainers absolutely should happen and if you know if you're giving money to a politician and he's not saying that should happen then you need to rethink whether that's an actual somebody who actually yeah so i mean this
0: is yeah so i mean like if a republican politician wants to ban guns or something i mean they will get primaried and they will they will lose right i think the problem with this one is it's so uh you know it's so like the status quo like a politician can you know never get in trouble for just doing the status uh, you know the status quo and the status quo is always just letting this thing go on Autopilot. Um. So you need
1: somehow the status quo came down to Republicans voting large amounts of money to people to engage in communist activism. Yeah, and that's just how that's just what's okay. And now it's worse. Like I go back to communism over what these people (laughs) (laughs) want.
0: The good old days of yeah, Um, communist, communist. The fact that the
1: KGB was actually carefully controlling this stuff, it at least had some coherence to it. Now it's all just it's all it's all (laughs) gone so wild without those guys like. Those guys got busy with other things and it just kind of had a, took on a life of its own.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's possibilities for political action here. There's a lot
1: that, there's a lot that could be done. It's just puzzling that nobody seems to want to do it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's, um, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, the K through 12 stuff, I mean, you said that that's, people are getting serious about that. I mean, it does seem like a lot's going on school boards, elections, things are happening. I mean, it, it's, it's just, you know, getting conservatives to care about universities and wokeness, you know, that, that battle is won. It's just explaining to them the mechanics yeah, and making it they're a little more sophisticated.
1: It's really important that people understand that no matter what you, if you don't fix universities, you don't fix education schools, you don't fix education schools, you don't yet the craziness out of K through 12. You can write all the laws you want, but if you keep having people coming through the university of Texas education school and going and teaching your kids, it's going to be awful. Write whatever you want to write in a bill. It won't work if you've still got these people. Um, right. Gotcha. Like, these are the people who want critical race theory for four-year-olds and they're the ones training the teachers who are going to teach your children. And that's not great. It's not just a bunch of whiny faculty with, you know, on our little clouds bouncing around. We actually do. Sadly, universities do affect society. I wish it wasn't true,
0: but it's true. Well, some people oh. have pointed to some data saying that maybe they don't. I think that you know the problem with that data is I think they create they create activists. So even if ninety it goes over the head of ninety eight percent of students, if you create two percent people who are crazy enough to it's probably more than two percent, whatever five or ten percent enough that take this stuff seriously. I mean, they're the ones who are gonna push everyone everyone else around. So and yeah, I mean, they're I, I the ones
1: who decide to go work for the government. They're the ones who go and you know they they they're trained. Not only to believe crazy things, but they're trained to take control of bureaucratic apparatus
0: to uh promote that. So Yeah. So yeah, I would not yeah, so I would not, you know, the people maybe have seen those studies I get you know, about the average student and whether they get shifted right or left. I would not, you know, take that as too important as to uh what's you know, what's what's the university, the influence of the universities. Um Okay. So Rich, are you still trying to do something at the University of Texas? Or are you going back to your, you know, your finance journals or, well, you know, what's the sort of the plan for you from here?
1: Well, I mean, the University of Texas is probably a lost cause until somebody replaces the leadership. I, so nothing good is going to come of that. I'm hoping, to, you know, I want to make sure that people don't, keep, I mean, I feel really guilty. We, we took money, we got money from taxpayers and it's now been stolen by (laughs) drifters. So I want to make sure that that doesn't keep going. That's a huge priority for me is making sure that like, I feel like I, I, I don't want to just walk away from having taken $6 million from taxpayers and having it squandered on insanity. Uh, so I want to make sure that doesn't happen. I, you know, I'm trying to sort of write things to try to get things out there and you know maybe you know maybe i have some further ideas that are floating around that may be too early to be sure but i'm not i'm not giving up yet because something has to be done it's it's really bad but yeah ut is a lost
0: cause though okay well we'll be we'll be uh keeping touch and you know keep yeah. paying attention to what you're doing so yeah thanks a lot rich it's been a great, great okay. there. thank you